I sometimes get because I don't mind the Walmart meat, like the Walmart steaks. They're not that bad. Like I know that it's probably really questionable where you're getting the meat from, but <laughs> like you, for the price you pay, like they're not bad steaks uh, in a pinch. So. They might be soylent green, but uh, <laughs> yeah. as long as they taste like meat. Well, soon enough, people alive. will be people will be the only flesh you can really consume ethically. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Press X, the podcast, where we have entered the back half of 2018. I can't believe it, but E3 has come and gone. Half of 2018 is in the books, and, um, I mean, at the beginning of July, what can you say, except that we have James Paley on board. Hello. And also, as always, Trevor Houston. hey uh, I guess I'm here too. I'm Paul. I'm the host. And uh, uh, what's up, guys? How was Canada today? I was. It was excellent. I mean, I got stung by a wasp, which awesome. sucked. Shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, which I've got the can of wasp killer um, sitting on the counter, and I'm supposed to wait until it's evening. And I guess like that lulls the wasp into like a sleepy state, and I'm gonna come up from behind and just extract some revenge. I am going to get revenge on these wasps and kill them. They've they've uh, they've got some little uh, nest down uh, right where I walk to my vehicle, and so uh, and th- one of them stung me, and I was not happy about that. Man, fuck their shit up. Wasps can just fuck right off in right. every sense of the phrase because they are just assholes that have no point on this earth. Well, one little asshole wrecked my Canada day, so there's that. <laughs> you, James, did you have a fantastic day as well? It wasn't too bad. I spent a bit of it traveling. I was up in Victoria visiting my girlfriend's family, so that was nice. Mm. Um, yeah. Didn't really do any, like, partying, so to speak, but it was an okay time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had pretty quiet Canada today, but um, went to the ball game on Saturday night, and that's always a good old time, even oh, if... Oh, the, the Vancouver Canadians. Yeah, with our short A season uh, Blue Jays affiliate, about five levels below MLB, but it's still a great time at the ballpark. Absolutely. I remember I used to, uh, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to have the Wednesday Nooners where, uh, you know, the Vancouver Canadians would play a game at like one o'clock in the afternoon. And I used to skip high school uh, to go watch those games. And uh, man, it was a time. It was a time. Outdoors, great park, great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Just love going to the Nat to watch uh, Vancouver Canadians game. Love it! Yep. If you are a lower mainland local or anywhere in the Pacific Northwest, you should come up to the Nat and experience the Canadians. Uh, having been to a Mariners game, I'd say maybe the Canadians games are more fun. Yeah, they're more intimate. Like, you're, it's a smaller venue and you get your, your sort of packed all together. Yeah, it's different, but it's it's uh, it's kind of like going to see a a like a concert at like Rogers Arena or BC Place compared to like a giant stadium, and then going to see a concert at a smaller venue. I'm mm-hmm. I'm the kind of guy that likes concerts at smaller venues, and I like watching some of the minor league baseball games. You get your ticket for like ten, fifteen, twenty bucks. You buy your hot dog and beer, and it's just a it's just a great time. And the ball's not bad. I mean, the you know the pitchers are still throwing above ninety miles an hour, and uh, you know defensively the plays are maybe not MLB quality, but you know it's still pretty good. 
Well, yeah, they're all kids trying to uh, trying to trying to make it to the show, so mm-hmm. they're all giving it their uh, their all. Speaking of the show, did anybody play some games this week? <laughs> you recovered from your E three hangover to play some games. Sure did. James. James James played a bit of a a shit show. I see in the notes. Yeah, that was uh, that was New Gundam Breaker, and. Uh, I reviewed it. My score was uh, somewhat unkind. Um, it's just, it was supposed to come out for PS4 and PC, and then they delayed it on PC. And having played the PS4 version, I can understand why, because there's a lot of, like, frame dips and, like, almost freezes, where the whole thing will lock up for, like, four seconds, but then it'll sort of come back. And the camera's kind of wonky, and whole bunch of other hot nonsense and it was kind of curious so i checked to the patch notes and that in itself was kind of a source of amusement because one of the things they say is that button input response and operational stability will be improved which is uh, uh <laughs> nice and sinister and vague and unspecified parameters will be adjusted so things will change cool. and and button response will be changed. That's good. They don't say what, and I guess it's not that important. Even though anybody who plays the game for more than ten minutes probably feels sort of bad about paying triple A prices for this uh, fully finished game. Um, yeah, and then I played Rainbow Skies, which was pleasant. I don't even know what. It, so what is Rainbow Skies? That's like uh, I know you reviewed it on the PS4, but. That's really all I know about that game. Um, it's a teeny tiny RPG that's a sequel to a smaller one that nobody probably played for PS3 called uh, Rainbow Moon. And it's just like a kind of strategy RPG sort of experience where you can uh, capture and tame monsters to fight alongside you. And um, the writing's halfway decent and the graphics are kind of wonky, but like I don't mind that because the writing's okay. It was just a sort of pleasant surprise of an RPG. I didn't go in expecting much, and I found something that was actually pretty fun. Nice. Sounds like uh, something that maybe has been done before. The name of the series is Escaping Me, where you capture monsters to fight alongside you. Um, Yeah, hmm. yeah. Hmm. Pocket something. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. That's too bad. Uh, How about you, Trav? You play anything cool? Uh, yeah, I'm trying, I'm capturing, like, things I've played in the last couple weeks, because, um, as course, of course, as our, uh, listeners will know, we've been recapping E3 for what seems like the past month, so, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to capture what I played in the last couple weeks, so I, I finished Detroit, uh, and, and I loved it, and I know there's been sort of a lot of controversy surrounding Detroit, but I, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was, um, you know, I thought the voice acting was was terrific. I thought the characters were actually really delivered excellent, excellent performances. So it'll score high marks for me, especially at the end of the year um, when we're doing our Game of the Year uh, nice. podcast. It'll score some high marks because of some of the voice acting and uh, the characters. Um, story, was, story was good. I mean, I felt it didn't end on quite a high note that I had hoped. Um... But, I mean, it gives me a reason to go back and play out some of the different scenarios. Wasn't a huge fan of all that quick time. In fact, there was one sequence, without giving too much away, where it's like 15 minutes of quick time events, and it drove me nuts. I'm just not a huge fan of it. And mm-hmm. I think part of my problem is is because I'm bouncing from 
from the Xbox to the Switch to the PlayStation is that inevitably I'll fuck something up and it just drives me crazy. So, I mean, I don't mind a little bit of quick time here and there, but I found at times during Detroit, it was just a bit too much. But all in all, uh, I feel like I got my $79.99 worth uh, out of Detroit. Um, I mean, when you got... When you got three consoles with three different locations for yeah, an exactly. X button, uh, it's it's too much at times. Can they not all put their heads together and just like have the X in the same spot? No, 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 no. It's no, not no, going to no. happen because is it? No. because fucking Sony doesn't have. Well, they're not like A B X Y. They're triangle square circle X because they just have to be fucking different, which is apparently their running theme this week. <laughs> yes, it is. And we'll, we will get to that. We will get to that. <laughs> uh, what else did I play? So I also, um, I fired up because we, uh, I think all three of us got a Game Pass. Thank you, Xbox. They gave us these 12-month subscriptions to Game Pass. So I dove deep into that. I tried some Tech Mobile throwback because um, I'm a big fan of the old Tech Mobile games. And I guess... Um, it's not, it's never quite as good as you remember it. Like it's fun in sort of bite-sized chunks to go back and play it a little bit, but, oh, I am done with Tech Mobile. It's just, there's just so many exploits and, um, yeah, it's fun. It's kind of like, I, I almost found myself buying an NES classic on Friday and then I was like, stop, I've played my, uh, <laughs> SNES for all of about maybe an hour. <laughs> so... Or, or the SNES Classic. I played it for about an hour, so I'm not going to get caught up in that nostalgia craze. I'll let everybody else buy up their classics. I don't need it because I know I won't play it nearly enough to justify that purchase. Speaking of which, um, yeah, uh, I actually bought secondhand the Super NES Classic off my roommate for a fraction of its original cost, especially considering how much they go for uh, on fucking third-party sellers online. Nice. you going to hack it? Uh, it, well, I mean, was hacked, past hands. Hmm. All right. All right, you're, you're in like Flint then. Oh yeah, man. I'm ready to rock. I got, uh, I got SNES games to go. Well, I stood in line. Well, actually, I dragged my wife. My wife and I both stood in line for nah. that fucking thing. <laughs> That's risky. And, really and I risky. Barely, I've barely, I barely played it. I barely played it. So, uh, I mean, on Friday I came close to like, getting caught up in the hype because everybody was talking about they're on sale go to eb go to walmart they've got them holy shit you gotta go get it they're gonna run out and i almost found myself holy christ i gotta i gotta go down there and get one and i stopped myself full stop i don't need i won't play it i have so many other things on my pile of shame uh that i won't play the last thing i'll mention is the madden 19 beta i played a little bit of that the 40 gig beta holy Uh, shit right yeah like like it took me uh, quite a while to download that guy, and I couldn't believe how big it was. But uh, yeah, they give you different snippets of the game. They they hide. Um, it's pretty much the full version of the game, but they've got it hidden. Um, you you don't have access to the full version, but they unlock certain portions almost every day while the beta's been going on, which I think is over now. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's more Madden. It's pretty polished. Uh, I was impressed with how uh, there are some. This is it's all about the little details, right? Um, for the Seahawks Stadium for City Link, they they, uh, they have some new condos in the ba- in the background of the stadium. 
which have just been developed and it's already in the game. And I thought that was pretty cool. I'm like, wow, well done EA. You've got those new condos, which were just built in the last two years. They're already in the game. So I was nice. impressed with that. But really, it's it's more Madden. So there really there really isn't much for me to talk about there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such is the state of sports games these days. They're they're basically perfected. So and yeah. Paul, what did you play? Well, I've been playing through uh, Near Automata on the Xbox One, which is the, I guess, the definitive version, the Become as Gods version. And uh, I'll be writing a review of that, but <clears throat> it's uh, just as fantastic as it was last year when it came out. One of the best single video game scores I've ever heard. Graphically, it's it runs really, really well on the X1X. Um, Digital Foundry said it is running at actual 4K60. So that's wow. shit. pretty damn impressive um, that they got it running that well when it ran like crap on the PS4. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a platinum game where you you slack, hack and slash some robots, but there's a lot a lot of heart in there. Um, if you take the time to play through the 26 different endings that you could possibly get, Jesus um, Christ! Yeah, five <laughs> of which are important, um, and you will get if you just play through the game. So. Uh, yeah, the the main five are are well worth it, and the uh, the payoff is is pretty great. So expect a review of that one soon. And other than that, I've been playing a lot of Fallout Shelter. Nice, nice. I haven't picked that up in ages. I mean, like on your phone or on? Um, I've been playing console? it. I've been playing it on the Switch. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, after you know it got released because someone in the audience yelled about it. Uh, at the Bethesda show. Um, yeah, just been playing through that, and I haven't played it since they introduced quests and stuff into the game, which kind of makes it a little more interesting. It's still pretty tedious and, and you know, tap, 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 tappy. But it's a good time to kill a few minutes here and there. So uh, for the price of literally zero, it's not bad at all. Oh, yeah. I played mm -hmm. that quite a bit on my phone. And then just stop playing after a while. But yeah, I was right into it for a good month. And I think it was right after... When, when did that come out? Was that two E3s ago? Or uh, it was just before Fallout 4 came out. When they announced Fallout 4, they're like, also, here's Fallout Shelter. Right the fuck now, y'all. Yeah, it was yeah. An, It was one of those, and it's available now. <laughs> yeah, three years ago for the original. Oh, okay. Um, that's basically all I've been doing other than trying to tie up loose ends on E3 stuff and somehow, uh, paddle my way out of the deluge of news emails that come in every day. Somehow, like a couple weeks after the biggest conference in the industry, people have news. How? Yeah, it's how? relentless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd think there'd be like two or three weeks of just like maybe like two or three emails in a day of something obscure, but oh no, they are peppering us with emails and more emails and more emails and more emails. Just I think we've got like, like four days grace period. Like after, after like the four days that started <laughs> as we were flying home on Thursday <laughs> and then like by Monday, it was just like, all right guys, it's fucking news o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> We held back all the big news on these Android and iOS games. and You'll be uh, swiping and tapping until your fingers bleed. Oh, yeah. 
Well, even today, like it's it's Canada Day, so I, I woke up naturally thinking, oh, there won't be any emails today. It's a it's a stat holiday here in Canada. Most people have it off. Um, it, you know, the, the Americans mustn't have much on the go. I mean, they got their July Fourth holiday right around the corner. It must be dead time. Oh no, I cracked open my email. Forty three emails this morning. I'm like, what? You got to be kidding me. Yeah, yeah. It's a sad, sad uh, existence looking at that email every day and and knowing that we're just incapable of covering it all. I mean, we'd love to cover it all, but yeah, it's just not possible. Yeah, and it's tough, too, because we've developed, especially over the years, you've developed some really good relationships mm-hmm. with some really fantastic people, and they desperately want you to cover this Android obscure game. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing anything... To get you to cover it but it's just like dude we have 40 other emails that we've received by 7 a.m and we cannot cover it all we cannot physically cover it all unless we had like a news team of 500 then maybe we could but we don't have we don't have yeah, a news team we of could um, people. we could do a thing where we just sweep up all the android and ios announcements into one big pile and just rattle them all off in like a 600 word news article once a week. They're like, all right, guys, it's your phone game roundup. You're on the train, you're on the bus, you're bored off your tits. Here you go. Play these motherfuckers. It's going to be so good. Yeah. And then and then the PR people are like 20% satisfied. They probably want like a video review and like a fucking bit by bit breakdown. But instead, they just get like three lines in this like auctioneer style article. But you know what? We're only so many humans over here what if what if we only cover games whose app icon is something other than a angry guy yelling towards the right (laughs) well we'll cut our fucking uh input in half that's for sure yeah there's basically no games that don't have that so uh uh, i think this is a good a good strategy going well it's angry guy yelling and then it's like uh hot anime girl of a troubling age bracket (laughs) <laughs> and there's like no third category. <laughs> Troubling age bracket. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no, I'm a dragon spirit. I'm actually a thousand. You are thur fucking teen. <laughs> well, why don't we just move right ahead and talk about all the Android news that's going on in the world? The news, the news, the news, the news. I lied. There's no Android news. <laughs> it's nice to have that uh, call out back, Trev. It's nice. Right. It's been it's been a few weeks. It feels good. So uh, the uh, nominees and winners of the Game Critics Awards for E3 2018 have been announced, and uh, Anthem won a ton of shit. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Like fuck. Yeah. And I and it'd be nice. Like I'm just gonna go off. It'd be nice if we could have played the game as well, so then we could give our, like, sexy hot take as well. Like, I see it. It's been nominated for Best of the Show, which is great. But EA, why did you not open this game up for all the media? Like, not just a select handful. Like, so, so frustrating. I'm sure it's wonderful. It looks like it's a lot more of Destiny 2 and even a bit arcadey with the way some of those score hits are. Um, but yeah, I'm just a little bit PO'd. We didn't get to play it. Like, what the hell? So we don't even get to weigh in, um, on how good Anthem is, but the critics apparently love it. 
So one thing to note with the critics, Game Critics Awards is that the game has to actually be playable in order to win an award. So uh, when if you're looking at the winners, which we also have on the site, not just the um, nominees, Aaron posted the winners today, <clears throat> the winners had to be playable. So like best of show was Resident Evil 2. Hmm. Wow, and Sekiro, I didn't think Sekiro was playable. Uh, Interesting. Interesting. Because hmm. it was nominated. It was nominated for Best of Show. I remember Garrett talking huh. about the badass mechanics. Did he get hands-on, or was it just a theater demo? I thought it was just a hands-off demo. that he. I wasn't aware of him uh, of him getting hands-on time with that. Maybe, Maybe they're committing some fuckery in their uh, qualifications listings and just being like, oh, somebody played it, so it's playable. You know? <laughs> yeah, Because for me, it was a really hands-off E3. Mm -hmm. It definitely was, yeah. There was lots of sexy games, but not a lot of sexy games to play. Maybe somebody was at the Sekiro uh, theater thing and said, hey, can I touch that controller for a hot second so we can uh, nominate this thing for Best of Show because it was playable? Brush the fucking face pad, face buttons with one of my fingers. (laughs) Oh, oh, I played that game. It was so good. (laughs) I displayed the map, and it was amazing. (laughs) Um, yeah. Anything else of note that stood out to you guys on this list? Like, all the um, Anthem stuff is is pretty upsetting. A yeah, a lot of Anthem that we did not get to play uh, is on there. Hey, um, uh, Trev, did, did we get to play Anthem? Oh, God. So, so, so frustrating. So <laughs> frustrating. Um... You know what I did like? There's there's a thing that I that I liked on here. Best hardware peripheral and that Xbox adaptive controller. I can I cannot say enough good things about that cool cool controller mm-hmm. that I had on, that I had on my lap at E3, which I thought was just amazing and just such an awesome thing that Xbox Microsoft are supporting. Uh, so it was cool to see that nominated for best hardware, uh, best action game. Oh look, Anthem again. Best action adventure. <laughs> uh, Assassin's Creed got a nod. Spider-Man was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's all the games we talked about quite a bit in detail. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's more sports games that, than I uh, than I realized. But, but yeah, yeah, and there's nothing really, nothing else that we haven't really covered in detail over the past uh, One... couple weeks. So people have to go back and listen to episode 22 and 21 which I think are the two E3 mm-hmm. episodes. Yep. Yeah, go back and listen to those. Download, listen, share, yeah. like, do all that. One thing I want to note is we actually had this discussion about whether Moon Studios counts as an indie dev for Ori and Will of the Wisps because Microsoft's publishing it. Mm. And the Game Critics did uh, award it Best Independent Game, so we could have given Ori Best Indie Game. Oh, well, there you go. And I think I was one of the naysayers. I was one of the, no, no, it's got to be, it can't be an indie game, Xbox, <laughs> evil, evil empires repping that one. Like, you know, we can't consider an indie game. Yeah, it, so you know, I, will, I will admit when I am wrong, I am wrong. We should consider it an indie game. I'm, I'm not upset that we gave it to Tunic, though. That uh, one-man show definitely deserves a nod. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't get a chance to play it, but now I want to so, so badly because it looks fucking beautiful. One thing that didn't look so beautiful was Mass Effect Andromeda. True. And um, well, and apparently it's I didn't I didn't realize I didn't realize that the reason why 
it did so poorly is because of a crowded review environment. Like I didn't realize that's why that's why it did so poorly. Yeah, was it because there was too many people coming out with too many good games, and that's the reason that their facial expressions and animations looked like a a fucking mistake from God? Is that is that what happened there? Bioware. No, no. It it had nothing to do with the game. It's because it was a, a crowded review environment. That's apparently why it did so poorly. I, mean, I never did, played it. <laughs> he did admit that Andromeda is a deeply flawed game. Okay. Okay, that's good. That's good. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I approve. Yeah, of, of them admitting that. You know, it Andromeda is really weird because, like, I reviewed it for the site and I gave it a pretty high score because when I played through the game, I didn't encounter any of the bugs that people encountered. And when you're under embargo, you don't really know what anyone else is experiencing. So, no, you're one of the like, first ones playing it. Yeah, you don't have exactly. that. You're not able to check in and see what all the chatter and the buzz is. Yeah, like when all the reviews drop, you know, you're scrolling through all the reviews at 1201. I'm like, wow, I'm basically the high watermark because I didn't see any of these bugs. I definitely saw the shitty facial animations because those were garbage. But um, yeah, I had a way different experience with Andromeda than I think almost everyone else. Yeah, and then on the flip side... You also had a way different experience with State of Decay 2 because apparently you played the game. Everybody else um, got the, like, free hand job edition that we didn't fucking have access to. <laughs> and it was the best-selling game in May. Go figure yeah. that one out. Yeah, I guess, I guess they, they sold out of the, of, the, of the Rub and Tug version and you just got the regular. <laughs> I did not get offered any of that service. So, I mean, oh, man. that's worth at least 20 or 30 points on your score. Um, so that would have put me right in line with the Metacritic average. Yep. But yeah, it's, uh, nice to see that, um, Bioware is owning up to the problems that their last game had, and hopefully that points to Anthem being fucking rad as shit when it finally comes out on not February 22nd, because it's definitely going to slip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Almost certainly. Something that has slipped indefinitely is Amy Hennig's Star Wars game. Yeah, she's leaving she's leaving EA and starting her own small studio mm -hmm. from what I see. Yep. Which I don't know. I guess I really well, I question and I don't really know all the specifics, right? We only see the headlines and we don't get to really dive deep and find out why someone's making a particular career change. But I, I, I remember when I heard she was leaving Naughty Dog, I felt that that was now she wasn't fired, was she? She was she left on her own accord. Yeah, I think her her game was kind of on the ropes, but um I, I think she left of her own accord. So going from Naughty Dog to EA is already a little bit of a I would call that a somewhat questionable move. I mean mm -hmm. Naughty Dog, they're just they're everything they touch is gold, it seems. Um and then now she's leaving EA to start her own um, indie studio, which is, Hey, great. All, you know, a lot of that's great. But again, wow. It's, um, I think she's looking at doing something with a really small team, maybe dabbing into VR. Mm -hmm. uh, well, she I needs to be telling us big stories, you know, for triple a games that we all want to play and see. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I find the news a little bit disappointing. Yeah. I think she's undoubtedly one of the best storytellers in the industry. Right. So, 
But I can, I can see where she's coming from. I, presumably she left Naughty Dog wanting to do something a little bit different and ended up getting shoehorned in doing the same thing with the Star Wars logo and just couldn't make it work. Just didn't want to do it anymore. Well, and EA was probably fucking her around. You know what I mean? Like, oh, of course. There was, there was, what did they say? They felt it was too linear. The original Star Wars game she was working on. And so that kind of got scrapped. So she probably doesn't like being controlled by the man, um, which who does? But, uh, you know, maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, all those terrible, terrible linear games that have been coming out lately, like God of War, you know, they're awful. <laughs> They're just Awful. shit, and, and we shouldn't be making those anymore unless we could throw a, a boatload of micros on top. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that whatever she comes up with, even if it's in the space a uh, small studio affords her, is probably going to have a pretty measurable impact whenever it gets finished. Mm -hmm. Although if she really does end up going into VR, then I wish her all the best, and I'm super sorry that her future career is probably fucked. But like, <laughs> you know, I'm sure it's going to, I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah. May, well, maybe that now that she's sort of a free agent, maybe Naughty Dog will come back to her, but they might be at a point where like, eh, we don't really need her at this point. We're already making these games that are telling, uh, fantastic stories. So I'm sorry, Amy, we don't need you right now. Maybe there's a little bit of that. Who knows? I'm sure there will be some company out there that'll offer her buckets of money to come uh, to come write something for us, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd really like to see what she can do in an indie studio and do something really weird, like, um, you know, imagine Amy Hennig's version of Kentucky Route Zero or something, you know, just something really tiny and, and, and that she could beef up with her unique brand of storytelling. I think that could be possibly more impressive than whatever Star Wars thing she was working on. Oh, yeah, she could, she could knock it out of the fucking park if she so desires mm -hmm. uh yeah moral of the story amy hennig's pretty cool and she's doing her own thing now yes she is um all the best to her in the not so cool category is sony for their Fortnite bullshit well yeah they're not there i know that uh, basically xbox and the switch are shaking hands they're like hey uh you can play up, you know, you can go up against Switch players on your Xbox and vice versa. And they're uh, they're tweeting out all these happy, fuzzy tweets about them working cooperatively together to do uh, to do crossplay on on their consoles. And Sony, meanwhile, is like, eh, we're good. But here's the thing: last generation, when it was Sony getting curb stomped in the with the PS3, they were all about doing the crossplay. And the difference this time around is that Microsoft has just made it uh, like a very public commitment to always have crossplay, whereas Sony, when they were doing it in the past, were just kind of doing it, and uh, you know it, you know the crossplay just sort of happened. And now that they're the top dog, they don't have to anymore. No, they like really. they really don't need to. Like, do they? Do they really need to? I know everybody wants it, and everybody's angry at Sony for not jumping into the ring, but. Do they really need to do it? I think they're... Sorry, go ahead, James. I was just going to say, I think the story takes a slightly different tone because I've heard uh, they were talking about like Fallout 76 probably not having crossplay with the PS4 mm -hmm. for what I have to assume are uh, similar reasons. 
and it sort of seems like a bad move just because like some of these franchises that they're like choosing to like play the exclusive club game with are gonna bite them in the ass like Fortnite is bigger than you sony there's nothing you can do about it i'm sorry you can't fucking you will lose this dick measuring contest i mean at least for the next four to six months or however long this game lasts Mm. and (laughs) and like fallout much as they'd like that to be a a fucking Sony experience is 100% not. And I I mean, it's possible they'll be able to weather this and any other blips in the fucking radar, but it's also possible that enough big name games are going to come stomping down the fucking aisle and, and, and announce crossplay with everybody, but them in the loudest voice possible. And it's just going to make them look bad. Like it's not like it, it, felt like a power play at the time they made it, but I feel like that's in the long term will prove otherwise. Mm. Yeah, I think they will get muscled into it eventually with this Fortnite thing, especially now that someone at Epic has said, hey, the work is already done, they just have to turn it on. Oh, fuck. (laughs) It's literally a flick of the switch. Yeah, like, they just have to say allow and it would work, so, um, yeah... This whole uh, money talk and, and, you know, it's technical. That only goes so far when someone can prove that that's not the case. Well, yeah. yeah and, and, and like anything, if, if the anger, uh, if the voice and the anger sort of keeps up, um, eventually you'd think they'd buckle. But you never know with Sony. You just never know. Well, I mean, this is kind of the era of, like, put your money where your mouth is. Or, like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that just like Paul mentioned, it's really fucking easy now for people to find the evidence you're trying to hide. So if you say, oh no, it's a technical thing, we can more easily than ever point out, no, it's it's not. You're just being difficult. And that sort of story will play out in that sort of way over and over again, if only because people are more willing than ever to... um basically flip for the fucking publicity feeling like they can ride it out or survive even a termination if they get enough like Twitter fame off of being the fucking whistleblower for a story like this. And I mean, that's not going to be a unique situation. People are going to be doing this to any company or development team or publishing firm that decides they're going to tell a fucking story that is not necessarily factually accurate. I feel like it's just going to play out that way over and over and over again mm-hmm. until they, you know, get wise. Yeah, I think probably the, the consumer-friendly thing to do, which has kind of been Sony's MO lately, you know, with the whole PS4 reveal sure. and, you know, used games and yeah. all that stuff, I think that eventually they will make the right decision, but they're doing some serious damage to their stock price in the meantime. Oh, has that, has that actually taken a hit because of this? Oh yeah. Oh, I I did not pick up on that. It took quite a dive when that news came out. I think the news (sighs) happened during E3. So not a lot of people were um, reporting on it too much, but it did take a bit of a dip, a little dippy dip. Uh, what? Well, it's two pieces, but it's one piece of news that we've got left over here. And that is the free games. For this month and, uh, and yeah and, and it seems like it's another month where ps plus has a stronger lineup 
it, than Xbox. It is not even close. This is a crushing <laughs> Sony victory uh, because they're offering Heavy Rain and Absolver, which looks pretty rad. I'm I'm surprised this hasn't been on my radar before now, but it looks pretty cool. Yeah, there are definitely two games I want to jump into. I missed, uh, or I might have played the demo, and that's about it. E3 demo, that kind of thing. Uh, a demo in passing. I don't know where. I don't know when. But yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't had a chance to really play Heavy Rain uh, in its entirety, so I'm really looking forward to doing that. Um, once I'm finished with Rise of the Tomb Raider on the Game Pass, that's my next assignment. I'm going to hit up Heavy Rain. But yeah, Absolver does look pretty cool, and I know nothing about it. So. Um... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and it looks like on the PlayStation front, I did a tiny bit of independent research just this moment. And they're putting out some weird-ass fucking PS3 game. Uh, Deception 4, The Nightmare Princess, is going to also be on the free list, which uh, is great news for me and all the other huge weebs out there. <laughs> <laughs> the Nightmare Princess, that name alone, has it, it intrigues me. It intrigues me. I want to know what it is. I probably don't want to play it, but I want to know what it is. So please Scantily report back. Scantily clad women in high heels beating the shit out of each other. I don't know. Was that... <laughs> Did you want something else? Because there's it's there's probably not. Uh, that's perfectly descriptive. I, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a big fan base there. Yeah, I mean, well, okay, actually, it's uh, scantily clad redheads in super high heels wandering around dungeons with crazy traps. So, I mean, still good, although like slightly less good, unless there's some like other you know, heroin v. heroin fucking combat happening later. I don't know. I'm definitely going to download it. That's right. I, James Paley, the huge fucking Wii, will absolutely download this game for PS Plus. I'm very glad to hear it. Um, <laughs> on the Xbox side of things, I feel like these games have been on their free games list before. Assault, Android Cactus, and Death Squared. Well, and I, and I wonder how they pick these games. Like, do they go through, like, the stats and, and do, like, they sit around a boardroom and they're like, okay, what which games are making absolutely zero money in sales? Let's pick two of those games and throw them on the uh, on the monthly list. Because, like, what? I've never even heard of those two games. I know what Death Squared is just because I think I probably wrote about it once, like, a year ago. But, um... I think what they probably might do here's a here's a counter guess of equal evidence. Uh, probably they'll get things that had strong sales for the first week, but then just drop the fuck off. You know, where it was like it was good for a bit, and then it just died out. And they're like, hey, maybe we can strike lightning twice if we give it to people for free, which actually doesn't make us any money, but. I don't know, fucking business math. And then it just it just makes things better for that developer, I guess. Things look a little better on the backwards compatible front with Virtua Fighter Five Final Showdown and mm -hmm. Splinter Cell Conviction. So those are both yeah, pretty good games. Yeah, but... in all fairness for sure. Those are those are two pretty solid games. But they're old ass games. Whereas um Sony's kind of throwing the big shit around these days. I guess that's probably in uh, in response to Game Pass, but um, they're still definitely winning the free game head-to-head uh, -head yeah, battle every month. 
It feels Black like Ops 3 is still free until like a week yeah. from now. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that, that too. That was the E3 drop. That's right. Hmm. Hot for that sort of thing. Well, maybe we should talk about the releases that are coming out this week. Fantastic. It's pretty thin here in the post E3 era with Red Faction Guerrilla re Mars turd. Oh, I see what they did there. No, THQ Nordic. (laughs) Remastered. Very clever. Very clever. Um, I have no idea what this game is. They don't really have... I don't really have much interest in that one either. Um, My understanding is that it's a first-person shooter with destructible environments, which was a fairly big fucking deal back when the series first started in, like, 2001 or whatever, but um, is not as uncommon now. And so anybody who is on board the fucking hype train for the Red Faction series is probably just, like, a a franchise fan and is not really hopping on for the the unique mechanics because there aren't any. Hmm... Just watching some video of this one here. It looks okay. Yeah, I feel like it's worthy enough I should go out and request that one. for. We should be reviewing that one. Mm -hmm. And uh, I see it comes out tomorrow, so my request is definitely (laughs) not timely. We like to request these things well in advance, not the day before. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes sometimes things just go unnoticed, like... For yeah. example, uh, a couple years back, we just completely whiffed on reviewing Axiom Verge, which yeah. you know turned out to be one of the best uh, Metroidvania games ever made. But we just didn't review it because it didn't come up when we were you know looking well, around. And and some and sometimes uh, like this year, I believe James, it was you, uh, you requested Celeste for for Cog mm. Connected. CogConnected.com, that's CogConnected on Twitter, CogConnected on Facebook, CogConnected on YouTube, on the Instagram, I am your company man. That was a butter smooth insert, by the way, Trevor. It was. I'm going to cut that one out just in case you're ever not here, Trev. No, I got to get that in every single pod. <laughs> um, and then I completely lost my focus on what the hell it was I was about. It was about Celeste. I requested yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, right. They so you didn't requested respond. It. Yeah, we got the old ignored, which happens. We're not uh, We're not IGN. We're not GameSpot. We're not a giant uh, publisher that just gets whatever they want with a snap of the thumbs, snap of the fingers, snap of something. I would like um, to hear a snap of the thumbs. Like, <laughs> Wait, let me, I'm trying to put, yeah, no, it's not, it's not, no. <laughs> not with these dick yeah. fingers. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just just not happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, we don't. Unfortunately, we we try to get all the games. We try to cover all the games, and we don't always. We aren't always able to cover everything. But we do a pretty good job. Our our little team does review on average. On average, we review somewhere between thirty five and forty five games per month, which is unbelievable when mm-hmm. uh, when you sit back and think about it. We have over 2,200 reviews on Metacritic, which is pretty cool. Yeah, this team works guys. unbelievably hard on reviews. Un- and yeah. Like, it, it, it's a rare day that a review doesn't go up on COG Connected. Yep. It's, uh, we have the best team. Best team in the world right here. Damn right we do. 
And uh, to go back to Red Faction briefly, watching some more video of this, the destruction looks pretty cool. It does look pretty neat, like uh, the guy's hammering pieces out of a bridge and uh, it's reacting pretty realistically, physically. So this looks, this looks not bad. Hmm. Well then. What else do we got? Uh, Wolfenstein 2 on Switch. That's that's good news. That's a mm-hmm. rock solid game. Nice to see it on the Switch for sure. Mm-hmm. And somebody's covering that for us. I can't remember who off the top of my head, but somebody's on it. Somebody is. Well, I heard that they did some pretty hard work to make it run pretty well, uh, or pretty close to the way it does on the other mm-hmm. consoles, which is awesome. Yeah, much like uh, the work they did with Doom. Um which is nice to see that uh, developers are dedicated to getting things working correctly on the Switch and not just dumping um, a bunch of crap all over it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, the Switch is kind of a hot commodity, and so if you're going to attach your name to it, you should do a decent-ass job, or else people will pluck their tongues, you know? Uh, What else we got? Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy on the Xbox One. Right, and uh, our very own Alex Everett is uh, currently reviewing that one, and I know he's not, um, what's the word? He's not thrilled about it. Now, he never played the original uh, Crash game, so he's kind of going at this from a uh, from the perspective of somebody you know fresh to the franchise, or relatively fresh to the franchise, and mm. yeah, he's, not, he's finding it... Uh, uh, very unforgiving. Um, he's not, <laughs> he, he, that's an issue. So, um, yeah, he's not as thrilled as some of the uh, people that are um, that are Crash fans that have been looking forward uh, to this game ever since the announcement. I mean, it's been out in the PS4 for a while, but Xbox owners have had to wait. Um, and I think PC as well. PC and Xbox have had to wait. Um, but now they can go get it, and Crash fans can be happy, but those new to the Crash franchise, uh, play the demo first. Yeah, they're tough-ass fucking games, fucking and just right because they it's are. brand new and a, it's got that, that, that HD shine on it, they're going to kick the crap out of you, and you need to understand that going in, or else you end up like Mr. Everett. Yeah, they, they will slap you square in the face repeatedly and mercilessly. And, I mean, that's the way games used to be. Just all there is to it. He's having a difficult, like, when he was trying to explain it to me, he's like, I just don't like the way the camera's positioned behind Crash, and I'm running, and I can't really gauge the depth perception, and right at the last minute, I have to make a jump, and it's, like, barely time for you to react, and I'm like, dude, that's Crash. Like, (laughs) that's the way the game is, so. Mm -hmm. And... Well, yeah. Last and probably least is the crew too, which it sounds like Garrett basically hates. Uh, well, Aaron's reviewing it, but Garrett's uh, doing the the video review for that one. But right, yeah, right. I don't, I, I, I don't think either one of them uh, have particularly enjoyed it. I mean, it's always sort of a red flag for me when a game, especially a game like the crew, the crew, which is, you know, I would consider it almost a triple a racer like right up there like that was quietly released right after e3 and nobody was talking about it mm-hmm. and, and to me that to me that's a red flag 
to me, it's like, oh, wonder why nobody's talking about it. Why isn't Ubi pimping the shit out of this racer? And they really weren't. And so, I think, and I think we're seeing review scores that reflect that. Why? What's the specific problem with it? Like, what's people's big beef? She just, she just found overall the lack of polish. And I think, I think a lot of the times too. And this is not to say that this is what Aaron did. I mean, I think people play Forza, and it's so unbelievably awesome and polish, and there's really hardly any flaws with anything about Forza. And so when you play that, and then you jump into Crew 2, and you're like, oh, it's a little rough around the edges. Oh, it's got some bugs. Oh, man, that's like some of these, you know, textures and visuals are a bit, you know, bland. Um, I think it throws people off, and it disappoints, so... Well, I mean, Forza Horizon is definitely the target for the crew too. That's that's what they're, that's the market they're going after. It for just sure. happens to not be very good at doing that. It seems like it's it's pretty ambitious, but they didn't follow through on almost anything that um, they wanted to. Which you know, it's not necessarily the developer's fault. It's just the way things turned out. Yeah, she, I mean, she had issues with the voice acting. She found that the world lacked personality. Um, she wasn't crazy about the story mission and felt that the AI had issues. So those were just some of the items in her uh, in her review. I mean, she gave it a sixty-five, which, according to our scale, that's 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 okay. That's supposed to be okay. But in in video game land, uh, for developers and publishers, anything lower than an eighty is a disaster. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, everybody's fired. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. The studio's closing, but yeah, 65 is where she landed. And, um, in our world, in our industry, a 65 is not a flattering score. Mm -hmm. Well, let's, uh, let's walk away from this sadness and, uh, go into a couple of emails that I scooped out of the inbox. Ooh, we love the emails. Mm Mm-hmm. So this first one comes in from Liam, who says, Hi, PressX team. With Sean seemingly leaving the area where much of the COG Connected staff are located, will he be throwing a big shindig at the place before he leaves? <laughs> if so, you guys should definitely hold some kind of in-house tournament for the YouTube channel. I, I fully agree, Liam. Sean should be hosting a big shindig, and we should be, uh, we should be YouTube-living that on the, on the channel. I fully, fully agree. It's the least... Sean can do since he's going to be since basically the guy's owned in the last six months he's owned two houses he's apparently got six boats uh you know unlimited unlimited vehicles like it's the least he can do is throw some kind of a big shaker for the entire team yeah he's basically spent the last half a year with uh god mode enabled so um you know he's got three days left to invite all of us over and um I mean we'll totally trash the place and uh film it if that's it's if that's at all possible it will happen it's a great suggestion though liam i really feel that we need to act on that we appreciate i I second that notion yeah we we really appreciate that you understand where we're at on a on a moral level (laughs) and yeah we respect your thoughts and uh second up is an email that comes in from john that says hello press x crew People have been waiting for some properties to come back with a great new installment, even if they know it will never happen. Splinter Cell, a real Halo game, Half-Life, Portal, Prince of Persia, Castlevania are all examples. I have complained way too much about my favorite franchise, 
And now I'm wondering if there's a property that you guys would love to see come out of the rubble. That's hard to say because a lot of the stuff that I've been really hot for in terms of like childhood franchises coming back are sort of coming back, but not for a while or maybe not in the format that I'd like. Um, I have a complicated love-hate relationship with Mega Man and Eleven looks fucking dope. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's great news on, on my front and I've kind of given up on Metroid. I mean, I'm sure Prime 4 will be fantastic, assuming it's still a real thing and not, like, hastily being transformed into another fucking Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Metroid was the one I was going to say. Um, not because... Well, I think Metroid Prime is its own thing. I'd like to see them go back to the 2D Metroid and try to reinvent that. Um, I mean, they did it already with Super Metroid. And then people have been following that for the last 25 years. So can your genius Nintendo brains come up with something that is the new Metroid in 2D? I think they probably could, but I don't know if they ever will. Well, I mean, Koji Igarashi is trying as hard as he can to do another Metroidvania. Mm. So Nintendo could very well uh, get his team together and do another Metroid-type game. That oh, is a, man. You know, like a, how crazy would uh, a Metroid game developed by Igarashi be? Uh, too good for this world. As soon as it went gold, uh, the volcanoes would rise up from the ocean and obliterate our fucking civilization from the map. So, I'd be know, cool. Careful with that. what you wish for. I'd be cool. Yeah, with that. I mean, if I get like fifteen, twenty hours of playtime before my uh, hometown is turned into a, a fucking slate big like flat sheet of lava rock then that's fine i'd keep playing you know even if my shoes were on fire the house is on fire um brimstone is raining from the skies i would continue to play sure sure yeah how about you trev you got any franchises that you'd love to see back yeah i'd like to see splinter i'm actually splinter cells one i'm surprised it wasn't announced at e3 because the rumors leading up to e3 suggested that we were going to see a new splinter cell game so yeah that's definitely one i'd um i'd like to see come back i mean i look at uh, uh i look at john's i mean all those are great suggestions but i've almost given up on half-life and portal um man fans have wanted have wanted a new half-life and portal for what seems like an eternity and it's just doesn't feel like it's coming anytime soon and it would be amazing if one day we woke up and that was announced uh that it was coming so um i yeah. i feel i feel like half-life is never happening but i would not be surprised to see them develop a vr portal yeah that would make sense it really would mm -hmm. that's a good question I, I i think that will probably stick with me for a while so if I come up with anything, I'll, I'll bring that back for next cast. Yeah, I feel like I need to like sit back and look at my library of games that I've played over the last 20 years and like, hmm, is there something out there that I've played that I've loved that hasn't come back um, in some shape or another in recent times? And it seems like the games that, that I've really loved and enjoyed, they come back in some way. Uh, kind of like James suggested, they they there is some sort of announcement and um, games yeah, like I'm gonna have to give that one a little bit more thought. Yeah, games like Shaq Fu, you know, 
They oh. they do come oh. back. Oh. <laughs> like a giant turd you know apparently that one's got some extra shit with the physical edition that is exactly as cringy as the rest of the game go on uh well apparently there's like a barack obama fucking extra adventure that that players who have the physical edition get it's called the adventures of dirty berry because they have no um sense of subtlety or like appropriateness and I don't know anything about it, but I do know that actual Shaq Fu Legend Reborn got the garbage fire kind of ratings uh, that you don't see all the time on our site unless something is the absolute worst. And so I'm excited to see how they'll fuck up this DLC. Um, I mean, I won't play it, of course, but you know somebody out there will, and they will have many words. All right, we'll look we'll look forward to the conclusion of the Shaq Fu trilogy sometime in the coming um, <laughs> years, weeks and months and years. Uh, with that, let's move on to the perfect list. We haven't done one of these in like ages, months. a thousand fucking years. All right. Uh, so we've just entered the back half of 2018, and we're halfway to 2019. So why don't we come up with uh, the ten best games of the year so far i like it i like it i think this will be a few gems yeah it's gonna be an easy list yeah we don't have to think too hard for this uh this list that's okay because i'm still exhausted from e3 so it's nice i don't have to think too too hard um i think basically any of us can go first because the first one is going to be an absolute gimme yeah the first one yeah it's uh how can it not be uh how can it not be god of war yeah, it, not be? it has to be. It's got to like be. It has to be. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, that story has stuck with me for so long after I finished it, and I didn't expect it to. Um, they really leaned into the storytelling in a way I enjoyed, and uh, they, they they changed up the gameplay just enough um, that it wasn't... It didn't remind me of the past games, and that you know, that's exactly what I wanted out of it. I feel like that's one of the truly flawless games I've played in the last 10 years. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's it's just, there's nothing I can find wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing. It is just flawless. And it's a game that every PS4 owner needs to play. Like, it's kind of a, you just have to play it. Mm-hmm. So that was my pick. So now uh, it looks like uh, we're going around the horn. <laughs> uh, let's go clockwise and go to James. Okay, uh, my, I think my next pick is probably going to be Dragon Ball Fighters, just because um, it's accessible, uh, it's fast-paced, the animation is incredibly fluid, uh, it feels like an episode of the fucking TV series, which is delightful, um, but at the same time, there's just enough like uh, technical meat on the bones of this thing that you can really... Uh, you can really spend a lot of time with it if you so desire and, you know, kind of perfect your fucking strategy. Uh, it's it's that right mix of uh, easy to pick up and hard to master that people mm-hmm. really look for in a, a, a fucking online fighting game that's going to give them that sort of, like, long-term experience for, like, uh, weeks, months, and years to come, which is perfect. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of fun to play. Even if you're terrible at fighting games and just mash, it's incredibly entertaining and 
I seem to remember that it's getting quite a bit of traction in the competitive community, which is nice to see, too, for a, an Arc System Works game. Yeah, they don't normally get that kind of attention, although they do have a lot of uh, worthy entries into the genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sure do. Um, hmm. Paul's pick. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Far Cry Five. Why not? That's I, I feel like that's a gimme as well. Like it, it's it's definitely worthy of being on on like everybody's top ten of 2018 so far list for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, what other game can your two sidekicks be a grizzly bear and a um, mountain lion? Right, Cheeseburger the Bear. What a great name for a a, a bear, Cheeseburger. Oh, he just he <laughs> that, just that has the diabetes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he just wrecks fools. And uh, you know, the story's a little silly, but I think it does have a, a a message to deliver and a story to tell if you're willing to hear it. I think a lot of people when they reviewed it weren't that willing to give it the time of day just because of the the trappings of the you know the uh, the trailers and the the run-up to the game they weren't willing to listen to what it had to say uh, but i think it was a pretty effective story in the end right and it was just it was a lot of fun it had a great progression mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun yep and uh i love sort of going around um you know taking down those in, in, you know encampments and um yeah, it's just it's one of those games where it's you could just drive around and do things um, at your own pace, and yeah, I loved it. It was they they Ubisoft did a really nice job with Far Cry Five, mm-hmm. one yeah. of my games of the year for sure. And it's nothing that we haven't seen before, but it was all executed really, really yeah. well. Absolutely. Um, I guess it's my turn. I'm gonna go with a game I didn't even play. I'm oh going, shit! I'm I'm not I, it because. I know we gave this a super high review score, and I know that everybody else uh, gave it a super high review score. It's been well received. I don't know if any of us, any of the three of us, have played it, but I've heard nothing but amazing things about this game. But Pillars of Eternity Two, Deadfire, I've heard nothing but amazing things. Um, if I was a PC gamer, which I really am not, um, I would be all over this thing, and I think it needs to be in our best games of the year so far and those that have played it and reviewed it would probably agree with me yeah i haven't played the sequel but i did play the original and uh if you're the kind of person who loves a traditional rpg especially in the western style it's it's definitely going to be right up your alley um there's a lot of text to be honest but i think the the character development and whatnot is is really strong uh that's of course talking about the first game because i haven't played this one but it is something that's on my radar for sure james okay uh i'm gonna go with BattleTech for my next pick mm-hmm. because although i haven't played it i know people who are literally obsessed with this game who had to work extremely hard to tear themselves away from the Battletech experience in order to give literally any other game on Earth any sort of attention. Like, they had to physically wrench themselves from their computer in order to find some other purchase or some other game experience because the Battletech uh, experience was so completely engrossing. It's got a uh, super... engrossing, absorbing sort of uh, 
single player campaign and narrative, the depth uh, that you can go to for like uh, the combat strategy and the various paths you can sort of follow to victory are uh, varied enough that like your average uh, obsessive compulsive gamer will spend a crazy amount of hours uh, just doing all there is to do in Battletech. Mm-hmm. And the presentation is slick as fuck, which is also a huge upside. Yeah, I think it was you that described it uh, quite a few weeks ago as giant fuck-off robots fighting each other, which is <laughs> that's right. a, a perfect that's exactly way to describe correct. this game. And that's uh, definitely on my 2018 shame pile, uh, as are a lot of things that I'm sure will end up on this list. Uh, I guess it's my turn again. Which means that I have no choice but to pick Into the Breach. Ooh. Yeah. Another from, game that's getting a lot of buzz. Yeah, from the developers of FTL. Um, I mean, it's a turn-based strategy game, and it's uh, about as simple as you could possibly make a game, but it is so, so engrossing, and uh, the the variety in the gameplay makes it super tense every single time you play it because it's got that, um, that roguelike... Um, structure to it where every move could be your last if you don't think about everything and you very rarely think about everything so you uh, are almost always on your heels and uh, I really appreciate that about the game it's it's one that I never got bored of playing uh, when I was reviewing it and even afterwards like put a ton of hours into that game and it's it's super super good everybody should try it out if you like turn-based games all right, Trevor, your I will go with. I will go with Monster Hunter World, and uh, again, another game that was reviewed extremely high from everyone. I mean, we're ninety-three reviews in on Metacritic, and its average is a ninety uh, on PS4. So that's that's impressive. Um, what can I say? It's it's complex. It's the best Monster Hunter game out there. Uh, Capcom needs to be extremely proud of what they've done. Um, it was a game that everybody was talking about for a solid month, and that's all they were talking about. And so I feel it belongs on our list. Monster Hunter World. Yeah, there's just a shit ton to do in that game. And there are so many systems. Um, when I was playing it, I uh, probably maybe put like 20 hours into it. And I was still running into systems that needed to be tutorialized because it's just that dense. And uh, it's definitely the most approachable Monster Hunter game that's ever been made, but still super, super dense. And there's a ton to do if you like to go and slay beasts with your friends. That's a awesome option. Okay, uh, I think next on my list is going to be the Red Strings Club. Ooh, I want to play it so bad. And you should all not only want to play it, but play it because it's a cyberpunk adventure, which everybody's going to start looking for more of that they've missed in the ensuing months or years before 2077 comes out. And I super promise that this will be an exceptionally entertaining and fulfilling jaunt into that fucking world while you're waiting for the, uh, you know, ultimate expression of the setting it's uh heartfelt and powerful and fascinating and the gameplay mechanics uh the ones that are there are actually really fucking interesting and 
when I played through it, I managed to get from start to finish in a few hours. And if I wasn't a guy who reviews games for a living, I would probably have gone back and played two or three more times. Wow. Wow, that's high praise. That is yeah. high praise. Now, is that available on consoles or just PC? Uh, as far as I understand it, I played on PC, and I think that might be the only uh, place where you can play it. But the pixel art and the simplicity of the mechanics suggest that this thing could probably run on a potato. <laughs> so is this? It's like a um, it's a point and click adventure, basically, right? You are correct. Cool. Well, I'm gonna have to check that out. Mm, maybe. Maybe this week. This week I'll check it out. Yeah. If I can. Um, and Paul, your last pick, make it count. Boy, this is tough. Uh, how do we feel about including remakes? Why not? It's the perfect list, and it has to be the perfect pick. Cool. And Paul, your pick is next, and it's got to <clears throat> be perfect. Well, this pick is perfect, and that's Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, no, that's definitely worthy. Yeah. Sure. Uh, oh, man. <sighs> I don't even know what to say about this game. It just stuck with me for so long, um, visually and um, auditorily, I guess would be the word. Um, the the music and the sound effects and kind of the loneliness of the world really stick with you. And uh, the gameplay holds up super well, even though this is a like 10-year-old game um, at its core. But it's, uh, it's a super satisfying little jaunt into an open world where... Um, you feel super free, but you're still quite directed, so you're never lost. And um, yeah, Shadow of the Colossus. If you haven't played it, or even if you have played the original, you should pick this one up because it is freaking gorgeous. Nice. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent pick. Perfect pick. Trev, close us out. Make it perfect. Uh, well, I wouldn't consider this game perfect by any stretch, but it's definitely had an impact on me. I... Uh, in many ways, like God of War, it's a game that I've been thinking about ever since I've been playing it, and I'm going to go with Detroit. Um, yeah, I just, I feel that it's, yeah, it's not perfect, but, um, overall, the, the overall package was rock solid, and I did enjoy it and found it was one of the better games I've played this year, um... It won't win Game of the Year, but to make our top... T it squeaks into our top ten, hence the last pick. And I feel that um, just the character and the voice acting alone and just the visuals, like it's a graphically stunning game, mm -hmm. um, get it into our top ten. Yeah, nice. So that's it. That's, that's one I definitely want to play through uh, with the wife because it's so... Um... Yeah, it's like a movie. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think that's something anybody can connect with. And it's a great place for people to enter the video game genre that, that haven't been um, exposed to it in the past or haven't really connected with it before. It's actually a great suggestion. I, I don't know if my wife would go for it, but um, it, is a, it is a great suggestion. Uh, I'll just read the list back because this is 10 pretty freaking great games. Um, God of War, Far Cry 5, Into the Breach... Detroit, Become Human, Pillars of Eternity 2, Dead Fire, Shadow of the Colossus, Dragon Ball Fighters, Red Strings Club, Battletech, and Monster Hunter World. Those are 10 rock-solid fucking games. <clears throat> yep, absolutely. I'd call that list perfect. Absolutely perfect. Perfection. 
Yeah, and if we were doing this two this week this list two weeks later, you know what would absolutely make that list would be Octopath Traveler. Oh I played God. through the demo since the last time we talked, and it's so fucking good. Holy <laughs> shit! I'm so excited for that to come out. Um, the voice acting and the graphics and the combat system and the fucking freedom of choice have all got me salivating for its release in the middle of July. James, we might have to have an Octopath spoiler cast at some point. Yeah, just go so far down the rabbit hole. I'm well, I I know there are, there are a lot of staff that want that one. I will be begging for as many codes, uh, review <laughs> copies as possible, even if I have to promise uh, twenty five videos and twenty five different articles. <laughs> I will go after as many codes as possible. When I pitch uh, Nintendo our uh, our Octo coverage, <laughs> I will personally, happily, easily account for like seven to ten of those videos. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking a big game, talking a big game, uh, and that's pretty much it. This, all right, this felt pretty. Said it all. I mean, it felt short, but I guess that's because our previous casts had to cover everything and. And everything. Yeah, when you're not talking about uh, everything under the sun, you can do it in less than two hours. Guys, got any parting wisdom for the, the viewers, the listeners at home? Yeah, email us. Email us your your comments, and and where where can they email us, Paul? Well, that would be pressxpodcast at gmail.com. That is pressxpodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, get on our Facebook group. And uh, just send yeah. us a post there, because then we could write you back right there. Or also talk about it on the cast. Some of both. Do all the things. All of them. Do all the things. Yeah, if you had a good time with us today, please go give us a review. Give us five stars, because that really helps us to get in front of lots of other people and uh, just enhance the quality of content that we can give you on a weekly basis, every week, until the end of time, uh, unless... Something comes up and we can't do it. Until next time, we've been Paul James and Trevor signing off from Cog Connected HQ here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Peace out, everybody. Peace out. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, 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 uh,